Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading this weekend from the book of Exodus is illuminating at so many levels that I just want to focus exclusively on it for the homily today. We hear, in those days, Amalek came and waged war against Israel. Now, on the surface, this is a report of an ancient war, or to be really more honest, kind of a tribal dispute between two minor peoples. Were it not for the Bible, Amalek and the Amalekites would be known, I mean, maybe, to a handful of specialist historians of the ancient world. So here's the question. Why should we care about it? I mean, why are we paying particular attention to this reading? Well, read with a sensitivity to the multivalence of the biblical text, this report clues us in to the spiritual warfare that always obtains in a fallen world. Let me just say that again to you. This report of the ancient battle with Amalek clues us in to the spiritual warfare that always obtains in a fallen world. So, Israel, in the Bible, stands for the ways and purposes of God in the world. Amalek, like Egypt, Philistia, Assyria, Babylon, Greece, and Rome, stand on this symbolic reading for those forces that stand opposed to the ways of God. Now here's the bottom line. Israel is always in a war. And that's true from beginning to end of the Old Testament. So, we who strive to walk the path of the Lord will always be in a war. Not usually, not for the most part. I mean always in a war. Now, sometimes with very visible opponents, sometimes, frankly, with invisible ones. The spiritual life is not a walk in the park, and we should not be deceived on this score. So think about it for a second. Who would Amalek be in your life? I don't know. Maybe it's someone who's jealous of you and is trying to block your good work. You know how frustrating that is? You're doing something right, good for the Lord, but there are people around you that, They don't like you, they're jealous of you, and they're actually getting in the way of what you want to do. Maybe Amalek is a societal prejudice that's blocking what you want to do, the good work that you're inspired to do. Maybe Amalek is an entrenched attitude, an institutional obstacle Maybe if you broaden this out and put it on a grander scale, maybe Amalek is an organized army. Think of people that are trying to do good 
and they find themselves actually blocked by, by the army of a nation state or by ISIS or by who knows. Maybe Amalek is just some jerk <laughs> who's, who's making life hard for you. And mind you, if we're biblical people, behind all those things, there could well be a dark spiritual power. Okay, the point is, expect a battle when you walk the path of Christ. Remember years ago, a very wise teacher of mine said, the road to healing is always blocked. I think that's right. I mean, not, not sometimes, not usually, always. In a similar way, fighting the, the, the good fight will always be um, you know, a struggle. Okay, the reading goes on to speak of Moses, Joshua, certain picked men, and the entire nation of Israel. It shouldn't be too much of a stretch, and the church fathers read it this way, to see this as an anticipation of the church, of the new Israel, as Paul called it, which is hierarchically arranged, and marked by a variety of tasks and ministries. It's true, isn't it? Moses, Joshua, certain men, entire nation. Well, so it goes in the church, and it might run counter to our kind of deep egalitarian impulses, but it's just the case in the life of the church, and it shouldn't bother us. Within the mystical body of Jesus, there are different roles of service. Okay. So, whom does Moses stand for? Well, I think you say Moses stands for the top leadership. Those who direct the battle from the highest point of vantage. That's why, you know, he's standing up on a mountain, which until very modern times was the preferred locale for a military commander. That, that's where the commander wanted to go, was up to the heights so he could see the whole battlefield. Think of you know Napoleon doing that, Robert E. Lee. Go back to ancient times. The Julius Caesar did that. And indeed, our word bishop comes from the Greek word episkopos, derived from two words, episkopain, which just means to oversee, to look out over. And so, apply the metaphor from their height. And I don't mean that you know, in the sense of superiority. Aren't they better than the rest of us? I don't mean that. I mean their height like the, like the position assumed by a commander. From their height, the bishops, the pope ultimately, direct the great fight, sending particular soldiers into battle at key places. So we hear again from the reading, pick out certain men. And tomorrow, go out and engage Amalek in battle. Well, there's the word of the general or of the episkopos, the guy doing episcopain. He's overseeing the battle, and he's sending certain key people into the fight. Think here for a second, everybody, of our current pope, Pope Francis, urging the troops to go to the margins. And he's done that from the very beginning of his papacy to be bearers of mercy to those who feel ostracized, to care for the environment, read Laudato Si, to be missionary disciples, read um, Evangelii Gaudium. 
He knows full well on every one of these fronts they'll be opposed, and yet he boldly sends us, ultimately, into this great conflict. Okay, that's the way it goes. The overseer, the general, Moses, sends certain troops into battle. You know, Moses' direct fighting days are over. He's an old man by the time this uh, scene unfolds. But he remains on the hilltop, directing action and, now mind you, invoking the power of the Lord. So what's he doing up there? He's holding up his arms in prayer. This is the church now in its priestly role, its priestly function. While the troops are fighting on the ground, and again, everyone, don't over, don't literalize the metaphor here. When I say fighting, I mean, you know, the, on the margins, fighting to bring mercy. I mean fighting the, the, the fight of, of nonviolence. So don't over-literalize things here. While the troops fight on the ground, the church is constantly lifting up its voice in prayer. Every single great saint has always insisted that nothing in the struggle will be successful apart from prayer. It's basic, basic principle in the spiritual order. Nothing will be successful in the great fight of the church militant without prayer. So, who's playing this role of of Moses the priest? Well, think of every elderly, homebound person who can't get in the direct fight anymore, but who spends her whole day praying for the success of the church's mission. I'm always moved when I think of one of my heroes, Catherine Drexel, right, who gives her fortune. She founds a, a religious community to care for African Americans and Native Americans. And she worked for many years in the direct fight, the direct struggle. But then she had a very serious heart attack. The doctor said, you have to withdraw or you're going to die. So she stopped her direct involvement, but she spent the remaining 20 years of her life basically in the chapel in front of the Blessed Sacrament, begging help for her order. So think of every monk, every nun dedicated to prayer. Think of every Mass said around the world. What are these, everyone, but Moses holding up his hands in prayer? Okay, let's go back to the story. When Moses tires and lowers his arms, we hear, the battle goes against Israel. And so two of his aides, Aaron and Hur, hasten to his aid and hold up his arms. These two sons of Israel represent a beautiful dimension of the church. Namely, those people who, through their financial and institutional support, allow the prayer of the church to continue. Right? They, they allow Moses to continue in prayer. So think here, of every person whose donations hold up monasteries and convents and parish churches. Think of every donor whose generosity feeds and houses priests and nuns and monks, whose offerings make possible a pastoral outreach to the elderly, enabling them to pray, etc., etc. See, what we're perceiving in this stunning scriptural icon 
is an image of the church in all of its variegated integrity. All, all of its elements cooperating in the great struggle with Amalek. So, take away Aaron and her. The arms of Moses fall. The arms of Moses fall. The soldiers don't fight. The soldiers don't fight. The enemy gains ground. All these elements are linked together in this common work of the church. Now, everybody, with this image in mind, with this general idea in mind of how the church functions in this variegated, integrated way, think of one of the favorite strategies of the dark powers. Namely, to set the church at war with itself so that one dimension resents the work or status of another. You know, let's say you're in the, in the direct battle. I mean, these people, you know, uh, just making donations or these people in monasteries praying. I mean, look, I'm the one out here in the, in the fight. Yeah, but man, without those other people, you won't be in the fight. Or maybe it's a, it's a spiritual pride. It says, oh, here I am in the, in the monastery. Here I am um, at Mass, and I'm playing the central role. Well, you're playing a very important role, and you're holding up the battle. Who's up? Who's down? Who's more important? Who's playing what role? Who cares, finally? The point is, find your role in the theodrama. Take up your position, whatever it is, and get into this great fight. Because it's been true now for thousands of years, true today. The battle with Amalek is far too important. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.